Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease and author of the book that shares the same name of this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me. Success stories of people that have been through hard times, whatever that hardship might be, and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including Michelle Tafoya of Sunday Night Football fame, where we talk about infertility and adoption, the WNBA's Katie Smith on job transitions, and last week's episode with the dynamic TV personality and author of Pockets of Joy, Roxanne Battle, who speaks about her father's dementia. When we taped these episodes, it was before COVID-19 became a global pandemic. Within weeks, even days, the world changed immensely. Even now, as many people are phasing back into socialization, this virus is still a threat and top of mind, especially for those touched by a compromised immunity, like myself and today's guest. Rachel Rosenthal, a highly acclaimed professional organizer, spoke with me just weeks into her recovery from COVID-19. She shares with us how she got through, demonstrates some exercises for COVID chest congestion, and how her passion for organizing helped her find a little peace during her journey. We also laugh about meal planning, lipsticks, and touch upon a few tips along the way. She's kind and full of information. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here today with my new friend, Rachel Rosenthal. She is a passionate entrepreneur and an expert in home office and life organization. Now, checking out her work, her style is really simple and joyful with practical ideas for family and professionals. Now, she left a powerful desk job several years ago to create this innovative professional organizing firm over 10 years ago and has worked with more than 2,500 clients since. She's a trusted source with over 100 press appearances, including Real Simple and Martha Stewart. And if you know anything about organization, you know that they are the real deal. She's also partnered with big brands like Pottery Barn, The Container Store, Four Seasons, and more. And on top of all this, she is a mom of tweens and she's living with an autoimmune disease. Now, the outbreak of COVID-19 has made so many people, of course, naturally stressed, especially those like myself and like her with compromised immunities. On today's episode, Rachel will talk to us about life with Hashimoto's, her experience with COVID-19, and share some simple life solutions along the way. Hello, Rachel. Thank you for being here. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Well, first, can you tell everybody who's listening a little bit about yourself, something we might not already know? 
Oh, let's see. So um, I am based in the Washington, D.C. area, and I have identical twin daughters. Um, so we got very lucky there. I am a lover of lipsticks. Um, I me guess people too. would know that <laughs> if, they, if they knew me, but um, it's just something that brings me so much joy. Um, and my lipstick choices have changed over time, um, actually due to my autoimmune disease, but I'm just a lover of lipsticks. Makes me feel so good. So well, I agree. And as I have told you before, on the day that I was initially diagnosed with the breast cancer, I actually bought lipstick. Don't really ask me why, but I think it gave me this sense of normalcy. So lipstick means something to me too, even though I'm not always wearing it all the time. Yes. No, I, I, I hear you. And it's just something that, um, and I'll, I can talk about it, but I didn't, I haven't worn it in like two months um, because of all of this with COVID. And it just makes me feel that much more put together and quote unquote normal um, when I have it on. Well, so what we should do is when we walk away from this conversation today, just put it on to make us smile, yes. right? Because it does for both of us, whatever that might yeah. be. So we're here. I want to share your story because you are one of many people in this world that are that's living with an autoimmune disease and, and similar, different to myself, we both have compromised immunities. And I know that I've spoken with a lot of cancer survivors, and I'm sure that you've spoken with, um, those who have been touched by any autoimmune disease and with COVID-19 being so rampant right now and, and being a part of everybody's life. Can you share a little bit with us about when the outbreak came out initially, what were you thinking? How are you preparing? And tell us a little bit about what it means with Hashimoto's and other autoimmune diseases at this time. Yes. So when this all started back in March, um, you know, I made sure we went on lockdown as soon as the girls' school closed. You know, I got through all the clients that I needed to get through and we were under strict, you know, we are not going to leave our home. We are not, we are going to start to social distance. We also, because of my compromised immune system, you know, went, I thought above and beyond, we decided we were not going to go into grocery stores. We were going to, you know, wash everything down, get everything delivered. We did not order takeout. Um, I, again, I was just very, very nervous about having germs come into the house and I was cleaning surfaces every single day. Um, it was part of my routine because again, I was highly sensitive to this and my compromised immune system. Um, and so that's what we were doing when this all started. Um, and I thought, you know, there's absolutely no way we can do it because we are not going in public. We aren't doing any of these things. Um, but I got it. Um, and so it has been very hard. I'm still dealing with it. Um, and officially, you know, went into my room, um, on April 4th is when I started with symptoms. And so now we are several weeks later and I am out of my room and out of quarantine. However, I'm still dealing with the effects of it. And I think, and no, it is because I have a compromised immune system and these autoimmune disorders. Can you tell me, so it's, you said you went in your room on, on the 4th. The few days leading up to that, what were you thinking? Did you have symptoms and then start to call your doctor and wonder if this is what you have? How, yeah. what are the steps you took? 
So I um, had symptoms for one day where I felt like I just had been hit by a truck. I was extremely tired, but I just thought, hey, you know, with autoimmune diseases, I get tired at times. Um, I've been, you know, being the cook like everybody else. I've been working. I've been homeschooling. So I just thought it actually came. It was like overdrive and it just hit me. Um, And so for one day, I just felt like, you know what, I'm going to have to nap. I just don't I feel tired. Then the next day came and I felt like there was an elephant standing on my chest. And at that point, my husband and I, again, were like, you know what, is this COVID? How could that be? And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to isolate from the family. He moved out of our room um, and we decided to treat it as, you know, what is it COVID or not? Um, And so at that point, um, it was on a Sunday, I think, and we started calling doctors. Um, So trying to figure out, you know, could it be, are my symptoms, what exactly everyone's saying? I didn't have a cough. and this is obviously at the very early stages of it. And so from there, just began to self-isolate in my room. You talk a little bit about self-isolation. You have kids. And yes. luckily, what sounds like a great husband, I mean, we're talking, I mean, I, I, I laugh saying this, we have 24 hours in a day and we're self-isolating for potentially weeks. Can you talk a little bit about what you did, how you felt and what that looks like? Yes. Um, it was very hard. Um, I still feel like I have some post-traumatic stress, um, around it. Um, you know, I am not a very social person to begin with. I'm just not a bubbly person anyway, but I love my family and I wanted to be around my family. However, knew I did not want to get them potentially sick with this. Um, and so being in your room when you are by yourself and dealing with this, um, it, it has been the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. And, you know, it was actually because I got so sick the first time that I actually confronted my own mortality. Um, I've had, you know, people, relatives pass away around me and I've been sick at times, but nothing to the point where, you know, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I, I felt like this was going to be the end. And I had been, you know, watching the news and seeing people who were my age and dying, you know, even without um, pre-existing conditions. So it became very, very scary and points where I actually couldn't physically speak um, because it was so painful on in my chest and everything else and headaches. Um, and so it just became this mind game of, I have to get better. I am by myself. Yes, my husband, I mean, Thank the Lord for him. He was amazing with bringing food and organizing doctor's appointments when I was not functioning, but it was very, very hard. And to think about your own mortality and you're by yourself. Um, I wasn't talking to a therapist at the time. It just, it was very trying, um, very trying. And I, I just, I think back on it and I, um, I, I ended up speaking to um, the Today Show after about a few days of this because they caught wind of it. And I remember speaking for the first time about it to anyone besides my family. And I ended up in the interviewing crying and then also cursing um, <laughs> because it's so emotional. Uh, so emotional. I can only imagine I'm sitting here I'm almost speechless with tears in my eyes because I get when you're looking at your own mortality. And when you feel that rotten, it's really hard to find hope. And you said something that just struck a chord so hard. It's about the mental game sometimes. When you feel so awful, it's really easy to go to that dark place. Uh, But can you tell us with the mental game, what helped you, whether it was 
feel a little better or helped you put one foot in front of the other and, and walk towards that more positive place that continue to give you hope and look where you are now, you know, luckily it worked. Yes. Um, so I think the hardest part for me was I'm a doer. I'm a type A. I am the caretaker, you know, um, for my children and not being able to physically do that um, was very hard for me. And to be able to parent the way that I wanted to. And, um, you know, one of my daughters ended up getting this. And so she was in isolation by herself for two weeks. It was so mentally draining. And I just had to keep my husband kept saying I am what you have to let go. You have to let go. You have to concentrate on your health. And that is the first and foremost thing that you need to do. So I just tried to take those words to heart and try to release everything. I, you know, stop working, stop um, trying to run the household from my room, yeah. just give myself some peace of mind of one foot in front of the other. I had a chart of what things, top supplements I was taking. I had a, you know, we're going to take my temperature now. We're going to do a pulse ox now. Just sort of a one foot in front of the other. We're going to take it every 15 minutes um, at points. You know, then it became, we're going to take it every hour. Then it became, you know, every few hours. But just sort of a regimen for me was, I'm, you know, I'm an organizer by nature. Um, I right. help people organize their lives. And so for me, that is kicked in of, okay, Things need for me to feel better, need to feel as organized and as in control because I was not in control of my health at that point, but trying to take control in some form or another, even if it was, okay, I'm going to walk five steps today instead of seven <laughs> or, or the opposite, yeah. seven steps instead of five. Yeah. I'm trying to think of those things to organize my thoughts more and, and I turned off the news and just started to, you know, reflect more on, on how I could come out of this. Um, mentally and physically. Now, when it comes to these respiratory diseases, whether it's pneumonia or now COVID-19 COVID or virus, I should say, breathing exercises. I feel like I read, did you get a call from someone special that actually taught you some breathing exercises? <laughs> I did. Um, and so I long story short, but my husband used to work for Andrew Cuomo. Um, and so I had been seeing that obviously his brother, Chris Cuomo had yeah. had this, um, and was doing tons of different things and exercises and working with a naturopath who I was working with as well as a conventional doctor. And so I said, we have to get to him somehow, like, how can we do this? And so it, it became about, um, and I ended up talking to Chris, um, I, and my husband was on the phone because actually at that point I couldn't really talk, um, but listening to him and talking further and making sure, you know, I, I see he's getting better. I know it's taking a long time, but just talking to him about his protocol and, um, breathing exercises was one of those things that I had already started, but, um, making sure, you know, cause again, in the beginning of this and still to the day, like there's not a lot of you do this, this, and this, and you will get better. Um, and everybody has different symptoms. So I think that also makes it hard, yeah. but, um, both Chris and I had the same breathing issues. Um, so being able to talk through that was very helpful. Now, can you share with us one of the breathing exercises? And I, I side note, I say that pretty wellness. I'm always talking about like health and happiness, and that can be in the form of clean eating, but it also can be in the form of mindfulness and meditation. And I will always say that breathing exercises when it comes to stress can be really yeah. helpful. So was this a breathe in, breathe out through your nose? Like, tell me a little bit more about the breathing exercise. Yeah. So this was also helpful because um, what I had and what he had was chest congestion and just feeling like there's a cloud over your chest and not being able to breathe. So it was 
breathing in um, through your, I'm trying to think of this now, through your mouth, um, and then holding it for six seconds, and then breathing out. Um, and so breathing in, holding it, six sec- seconds, breathing out through your mouth, and your mouth being sort of a, in a, um, like you're sipping a straw sort of way, so that it's not a huge breath, but it's a slightly sort of constricted um and then from there you would do that for a few times and then you would do some deep breathing on your front um because what has been helpful at least for me and that i've heard from many you know doctors around the country is putting yourself in the prone position even though it is extremely painful um is doing some deep breathing while you are actually on your uh stomach and front um so that was also part of it so it's a whole sequence of doing this deep breathing and then doing some deep breathing on your stomach as well. Well, and as you mentioned, everybody, whether it's with COVID-19 or any ailment, we all have a different situation. We are a different case study. And so it's very important anybody who's listening to this to make sure they talk to their doctor. But what I love is that we are talking about a tool out there and not everybody knows it. So it's, I am so grateful that you got that call that Chris was able to share with you what worked for him, and it sounds like it worked for you too. And a lot of times, again, breathing exercises, you go to yoga, you think you know all these breathing exercises in through your nose, out through your nose, but what you're saying is that this was for you, and for him, this was different. It was breathing in through your mouth, almost like you were sipping a straw and holding it and breathing out. So so thank you. Yes, and I now say, um, and anyone listening to this podcast can contact me directly, but I want to pass it along because I know at that point in time, I did not know anyone else who had it besides Chris um, from being on the news. And so what I have done now is put together a whole, what I did that worked for me, what we did that didn't work um, sort of thing. And I have a whole document. If anyone wants it, we are paying it forward to anyone that does contract it because I really feel I need to give back to everyone who has contributed to my recovery and my daughter's recovery. Um, And so I just offer that um, and I have sent it along to people just because, again, there is not one source of information right. out there. Um, and so it's just nice to have something and someone else to say, okay, I've been through it. Um, it might not look exactly the same, but here are some resources for you to guide you. Now, where can we find that document? You know what? I haven't put it anywhere yet, um, so I probably should put it on my website, uh, but I just have it personally right now. Um it's not pretty or anything like that, but maybe I will. This will give me the <laughs> impetus to, to put it on my website for people. Well, and by the time um, everybody hears this podcast, that would be great. I mean, that would be great. Yes. That would be great. Yep. And we will tell us again, tell us your social media handles as well as your website right here and now, but I will also bring it up at the end. Okay. So my social media is at Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, organized. Um, so Rachel organizes, um, and then my website is rachelrosenthal.co. Rachelrosenthal.co.co. And I've been there. I've been to both. I follow her on Instagram and I love, like I said at the top, I love her style. It's simple and sustainable. And so organizing isn't just, um, about building a pretty Pinterest board. I think you even say that it really is about, uh, you know, creating a life that you love and finding a way to make these like systems work for you. Yes. I really, want, um, you know, I live with 
identical twin girls. We work, we have a dog, life is crazy. Um, and I want for people, clients, anyone who we work with um, or speak with, I want them to live a more organized life. Not that it is this rigid, everything has to be color coded, but something that puts systems into place to make life easier because everyone has these external things. Um, obviously now we have an even more bigger external thing that we can control, but you can control kind of how your, your home operates and how it feels and looks. Um, and so adding things that are simple and then the aesthetically pleasing side of it, I think is another part of it that just makes life that much more simpler. You know, um, I think having these systems in place, again, ours are not rigid, but they're in place so that my husband who cooked every meal for me and my daughters for literally over a month knew where to find X, Y, or Z because our pantry is organized or there's a system to, you know, where we put certain things or, or, you know, even the toilet paper, like he knew where to go and when we needed extra um, because we have those systems already in place. So that actually was something that, you know, gave me a bit more peace of mind that those things were already in place, um, you know, while this was all going on. Can you talk a little bit about your company? And I know I've seen some of your products that I love, I went on a few days ago to buy some of those pads that you have. Can you talk to us about what you offer? So not everybody is in the DC area, may not be able to use your services hands-on. They definitely can capture a lot of information from your social media and your website and your online courses. Uh, But will you talk to us a little bit about the products and what, especially in the way that the world um, is going in a different direction now and more people might be working from home or pivoting in the life that they had before. You know, yes. Share with us. Yeah. So what we offer are three different types of um, notepads. I'm a writer through and through. And so, yes, I use online calendars and to-do lists and stuff, but I am a writer and I love to cross things out. So one of the things we offer is a to-do pad and we both have them for a week or um, for the day. And it's nice to just be able to jot things down. And I know my to-do list is insane right now. There are things that are immediate. There are things that are going to have to wait. Um, But being able to write it down and get it out of my mind, at least, and, you know, our clients who have used these feel like it's a relief to try to get something out of your mind and onto paper. At least it's there. So you know you're going to get to it at some point, but it's on that to-do list. And then the third pad um, is a menu planning pad, which is actually our number one seller. Um, You know, before all this, it was a great tool to plan your, maybe it was one meal, maybe it was two meals. um, And it also has a shopping list on it. Now I think people have reached out and we're actually just ordered another round of it because it's been so popular, we are eating all meals at home. And so being able to plan, you know, and show the kids, okay, and not even if you have kids, but your own meal planning, you know, at dinner, we're going to have this, this is what lunch is going to be. And this is what's breakfast going to be because people say they're just grazing and eating. And obviously, as a mom, I know we've been making every meal under the sun. Um, And so it is a nice um, thing to have to say, okay, this is what we're going to plan. Also very helpful for when you are going out and either getting groceries or ordering groceries and knowing what you need and, um, you know, obviously what you have. So those are the three pads and they're great. Um, and I think they look really beautiful. So it's something to have that you can put up on a bulletin board or, you know, just have on your desk. Well, the, I do think they're beautiful too. And I did notice, and it sounds like you already got them reordered, but that one of them was sold out, that they're so popular. I think that meal planning, like it's something as, you know, someone who embraces healthy living that I'm a huge proponent of, but now that we all are eating so much more at home, it also helps save money. It's not just about the grazing. It's 
when you sit there and like, I've overspent because I want to make sure I have everything. But then when I sat down with my husband and son at one at dinner one night, and we're like, okay, let's just think about this. Like, what do we want to eat for lunch? What do we want to eat for breakfast? It really becomes a lot more cost effective. Yes. Yes. Being able to plan out and see actually what you have is going to contribute to less spending and saying, oh, I'm going to buy, you know, five things of pasta and then realizing, wait, we actually have it. Um, but if we hadn't written it out, we were really not known or gone to look for it. Um, it's very helpful with that and the stress of overbuying. And then, you know, we have a lot of people that because of this pandemic have gone out and just bought, you know, anything that they can get their hands on. Um, at one point, I think hopefully now it's a little bit better with grocery stores, but there are people right. and clients have told me, I've gone out and bought all these things. Well, things expire, things go bad. And so now people are finding out, hey, <laughs> I have all this, whatever it is, but I haven't used it yet. And so a great tip would be, you know, put something on your meal planning, um, you know, pad to go ahead and use that up before it actually expires. Cause then you're going to feel worse that you paid money for it and it's, you know, gone bad. Right. Right. So what I'd like to do, if you are willing to do this is I call this the grateful game and my son and I do this every night. And so I'd love to close out these podcasts playing with my guest, our own version of the grateful game. So does it sound like something you might want to do? I love it. <laughs> we actually do something very similar in our house. So it has a lot of meetings. So, so like I said, my, my son and I, before we go to bed every night, we either give ourselves a time period, 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, or he'll throw out a number and say, mom, I want you to tell me five things you're grateful for. So what I would love to do for us is I'll just um, say 30 seconds and I'll start. Uh, I will just, off the top of my head, share what I'm grateful for today. And then I would love for you to do the same. And as I will say, I'm not competitive when it comes to this stuff. I don't care if you win. I don't care if I win, but it is kind of fun, right? So I'll kick it off. And so naturally, I am so grateful that you are here on the phone with me today. I'm so grateful for all of my my guests, um, but I'm especially grateful that you are just healing from COVID-19 and you're dealing with so much in your life, among other things, that uh, thank you for taking the time to share your story and to connect with me because it's been really, really helpful. Uh, on, a, on another note, something I'm grateful for today is I love smoothies and I am grateful because I am going to be getting a delivery from Daily Harvest today. I do love Daily Harvest. Um, I get smoothies, harvest bowls. They're super easy to make, so I'm super grateful for them. Let's see, what else am I grateful? I'm running out in a few seconds. I am grateful that we started out something new with my son in terms of his distance learning, where he we all have are in our little quote unquote offices, even though he doesn't have an office. And we all have a little bit of time where we do things just ourselves. And mm -hmm. so we started this new kind of routine and we'll see how it works. But I'm grateful that we're trying something new because for a while, um, my son and I were sharing my office. And even though like I love to see his face, I would get <laughs> questions every, every minute. Uh, you know, and it was hard to concentrate. And so again, I'm really grateful that we're healthy and happy at home, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see how this new like change is going to work with us. So now That's it's your great. turn. 
Okay. So I got three. Uh, Okay. So timey. Um, but I am extremely grateful to be here. I just, um, being able to connect with you is filling my bucket up. Um, and I feel extremely grateful to get to know you and be on this podcast and be able to be telling my story, um, to help anyone else that is out there, um, that is either, you know, suffering from an autoimmune disease and or COVID. Um, so I'm just grateful to be able to be here with you um, on that and and talk about my story um, and talk about it as a story of recovery, I think, um, which has been, you know, hopefully helpful to others. Yeah. I am um, also extremely grateful for my husband who has, I knew he was amazing when I married him, but oh. this past month and a half has been something that um, I never even could have in my wildest dreams imagined. So I'm extremely grateful for all of his care and taking care of me and my children and our households. Um, I'm extremely grateful for our dog, Poppy, who is a sheep doodle um, I was the holdout of wanting to get her <laughs> because I thought- Your dog, Poppy? Be- you said yes. Poppy? Okay, yes. great. Um, and she has been the biggest joy um, through this whole- pandemic and life. Um, and so she's actually the closest to me and I absolutely am so grateful that we made the decision to get her and just her, you know, energy and love back to us. Unconditional love has been such a big gift, um, throughout this whole thing. Well, I, that has been, I love to hear all of those and your last one, Poppy, we (laughs) are about to get a dog, a Cavapoo. And his name is Lucky. So this is really, I actually saw a post that you wrote about having spaces and, you know, organizing spaces for pets. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect because we need this. It's it's really simple, but just having that mindset. So, um, so I can relate. I hope that the joy that you found through Poppy that we will find through Lucky. And I know so many listeners I'm sure have pets and know that when you go through hardship, there is nothing as special as unconditional love, especially as it comes from, from a pet. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the happiness through hardship podcast today. I'm grateful that you were here. Thank you for playing the grateful game and thank you to all the listeners for, for hearing Rachel's story, for um, joining me on the journey and hopefully uh, everybody will set off to have a great day today. So I'm going to say bye for now, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And now my parting words. We play the grateful game at the end of this episode and all the others, and here's why. After my second cancer diagnosis, I started to research who is thriving with cancer and what they were doing to be well. I learned that wellness is about consistent self-care, creating everyday practices that help improve your body and mind toward a state of good health. And for me, focusing on gratitude brings tremendous positive energy into my life. With all that being said, I'm going to be honest. I'm trying really hard to be positive and finding joy in this quote-unquote new normal of social distancing, mask wearing, and finding my way back into society. As you know, if you follow me on Pretty Wellness, I am not one that focuses on fear. I often can find the silver lining. When it comes to fear, I definitely don't ignore it, or at least I haven't with my cancer. 
However, as a cancer patient, I do have a compromised immunity, and so I'm just a little nervous about what's to come these next few months. I have a lot of thoughts, and I've been gathering some resources and thought it might be helpful if I share this on a mini episode next week called Compromised Immunity and COVID-19. So please be sure to subscribe to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast, so that you can be updated when this mini episode and all the other episodes are released. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me via Instagram at Pretty Wellness. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for joining us today, sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.